All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 8 of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seguin. With me, as always, we've got Michael Biebs Bondi. Biebs, how you feeling today? 8 is great, Brock. Doing good. No complaints. Just had a total sports explosion of a weekend slash week. So, you know, feeling great. Ready yeah. to go here. All three of us. Yeah. We're at the Toronto Maple Leafs Detroit Red Wings game, and by three, the third member of our crew is Dylan T. Bertheme. How's it going, T? Uh, you know, pretty good. A little under the weather right now, but uh, playing through it, battling through it here tonight. I'm hurt. I'm not injured, you know? There's yeah. a difference. Yeah, no, big difference. You yeah. play hurt. Yeah. I guess I'd like to start oh, the show hurt. by extending my congratulations to you guys on your guys' big win last Thursday. Don't I extend mean, it to Beavs. Yeah, I mean, no, Beavs he doesn't just to come and be a fair-weather Leaf fan yeah, whenever I get like it counts. A, I get like a... Yeah. Yeah, he was in a Leafs jersey. I get a high five at the game. No, no, no. You don't no, deserve no. it. 
But anyways, congratulations on the win. Hot yeah. start for the Leafs. For Red Wings, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. They played well, though. Sorry, right. My absolute good Hughes. enough. Luke just riding them out. Lose for Hughes, I guess. Doesn't really rhyme as well as it's supposed yeah. to. I hope the Sens continue to lose for Hughes, I agree. So that Colorado can take him. No. Bring him right did you in. see did you see that website that's like the Sens tracker or whatever? Yeah, it's oh, beautiful. It was unbelievable. It was, it was, dying. Laughing, it was so good. Yeah, I'm about it. <laughs> I, I actually don't really remember Send, what it is. Sens pick tracker, don't Is that what it is? Something Sense. like that. Yeah, that's my best guess anyway. Can you Google that? You'll we'll, find it. we'll tweet it. Yeah, yeah, it's so eventually. funny. But uh, all right, we're gonna jump right into fantasy hockey today. Uh, like we did last week, a lot of big injuries to start last week's show. Uh, we got a decent chunk uh, this week again. We're not going to go as in-depth with the injuries as we did last week, but we're going to break them down here a little bit, talk about how they changed the lineups and all that. So, I guess first things first, we will start with Elias Pettersson, uh, who will miss at least 7 to 10 days with a concussion. Um, so, Adam Godet was recalled and will skate on the Canucks' second line in his spot. He is going to play there. Yeah. Yes, he is going to play there. Which makes sense because they have no, no other else, yeah. viable second line center. Yeah. Uh, Travis Green loves playing Brandon Sutter on that third line and the shutdown role. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, always matched against the opposition's Leader. best. Even though they just get outworked and outplayed night in, night out. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Sutter no offensive upside. So, uh, Godet at least seems to have some. Had 30 goals and 30 assists. Yeah, yeah. what in, league uh, was that? Thir- was that D1? Was it D1 though? Because it's yeah. like Northeastern. Yeah. Because yeah. those are just ridiculous numbers. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's no, NCAA. like it, it's NCAA, but okay. it's like just a like a lesser division. Yeah, league. so they're not playing. playing against, he's not like playing the like the Big Ten. No, they're like a hockey teams. school though. Yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they got a good hockey. Those program. numbers were stupid. Thirty I, goals, I was looking at him, I was like, in thirty-eight games last yeah. year. Uh, the other big fifth-round pick though, the guy kind of just came into his own the last few years. It seems yeah, and it got off to a good start in the AHL. He was like, what? Two goals and two assists. I think in his first four games. Thirty-eight in college is crazy. Yeah, does not happen. Like, yeah, the other Keller didn't even do that. The other big takeaway is uh, Nikolai Goldobin is going to move into Pedersen's spot on the top power play unit. Good for him. Uh, Brock Besser today was on the second power play unit for whatever reason. Maybe they're gonna they're trying they're, to lose. They're gonna try to spread out and even out those two top power those two power play units. Uh, now Gadet and Besser with Erickson, Granlin, and Pouliot on the second unit. Um, first unit, Jake Furtanen, Bo Horvat, Sven Barchi, Nikolai Goldobin. I, I just don't get how you look at that group of forwards and go, okay, Besser, yeah, his shot, that's the one we want on yep. the second yeah, unit. Yeah, we, we don't want that. That's not our That's not our top shot, you know. Let's put it, let's put it in the makes second. makes no sense. Yeah. No. It could last literally 30 seconds. It, it could have just, been a, just been a power play thing. Um, Somebody call Travis Green. Actually, the, one of the funniest things before, I, I, I want to talk about this Pedersen injury, mainly the Matheson suspension as well, and see what you guys thought about it. But uh, today, there was reports that Ty Ratty was moved to the Oilers' top power play unit in practice. And then after practice... Finally don't have the same hand on the unit. Well, no. So they talked... But after practice, they talked about Ratty being on the top power play unit. And they're like, oh, no. Like, he's not on the top power play unit. We weren't actually practicing our power play. We were just trying to, like, recreate the Jets' power play. Yeah, like scout team. Like, so that's why Ratty was there. And then the Jets fans just started lighting him up, though. And they're just like, yeah, I mean, like, why try to recreate something that's actually been successful <laughs> when you could just, you know, yeah. do something that doesn't work? Like, why not use Ratty in that same yeah. situ- same? Like, obviously, it's not the same as, like, a Patty Line but so it was just kind of funny, I thought. But it's got to be hard to watch. Let's talk about the Pedersen-Matheson issue here for a second um, because it kind of set Twitter ablaze the last couple days. Pedersen obviously off to an elite start. Mm-hmm. Um, for his rookie career, he had 
five goals, three assists in his first five games before getting hurt. But Matheson was suspended for two games. Beebs, what did you think about the incident? Do you think that the two-game suspension was warranted? Do you think it should have been more? Do you not think he should have been suspended at all like some people? What do you think? Uh, it's tough because I usually seem to be on the wrong side of this um, <laughs> because I'm just like always on know the, your strengths. I'm always on the enforcer side. I'm like, ah. but um, I think two games is perfect. It was um, like uh, there's a lot of people who, who wanted who were like, let's go Tom Wilson numbers, and that's just ridiculous. Yeah, um, he did go too far. Absolutely, it was too much. But at the same time, in the moment, it's it's, it's a tough play. Like he just got absolutely dangled as shit. Yeah, can't find his jock. At, goes into the corner. Um, got this little guy and my biggest issue with this is there's now guys starting to come out and I'm pretty sure I heard Kiprios talking about it today that's Nick Kiprios saying that maybe guys are a little too small at this age and a little and, and maybe we should hold him back more. but come on we saw this guy play early on got that's body slams yeah you got like and that could happen to anyone that could happen to a 30 year old Elias Patterson yeah. Um, so yeah so for me two games is good and I think somebody's gonna take care of that situation, which is we don't see that often these days, but Eric Branson's a huge dude who's going to... Um, he's already broke one face yeah, this year. and he's going to be looking for Mike Matheson, and he's probably going to get suspended for well, that. Well, Green kind of hit... Travis Green, head coach of the Canucks. Yeah, Archibald uh, might the be The bubbling fool too. we were talking about earlier with the power play units. He was actually talking about how the Canucks didn't see the play at all happen, so that's yeah. why there was no really reaction retaliation in-game. Uh, I, I thought the suspension was good. I, I think you needed to give him something. Yep. Um, you know, you got to protect a young, uh, you know, up and coming budding star like Pedersen. It's a fourth line. And, it's like, you know, clearly the hit was unnecessary. Uh, he threw him down to the ice, which should just never be allowed. Uh, and it was a clear retaliation of what had happened earlier in the game. I think, anyway, there was some, you know, motivation behind it. Um, so, yeah, I think it should have been a suspension. Uh, I think two games is perfect. Or at least close to it, anyway. First time. Sends the message, yeah, first time. Yeah, we can't be giving out more. That's just... Well, Matheson, you know, doesn't have... He's not have a dangerous a, player. He doesn't have a history of making that sort of play. He barely does. Uh, me and Brock were talking about it earlier. His only uh, fine or supplemental discipline he faced before was a, a diving, uh, unsportsmanlike... So the exact opposite. So if anything, year. it should make his radar yeah. thing go down yeah. a little so, bit. Yeah, uh, so, you know... You know, I, I think you can't really overly suspend the guy for a first defense like this. Uh, but at the same time, it was clearly, uh, you know, Does. unnecessary use of force. Uh, had nothing to do with the play that was going on. I think a clear retaliation of the move that Pedersen made on them earlier in the game. Uh, so, yeah, I was fine with it. Yeah. It sucks a ton. The uh, Twitter seems to be a little bit, you know, split down the middle. You on don't this say. Whole issue. Twitter uh, not agreeing uh, on yeah. something. Some of the, some of the uh, responses that we got Twitter's on Twitter. Usually right. On whether or not we thought it was enough, uh, we got not enough as an answer. We also got nope. Do not agree with the suspension. Pick up a weight or two, kid. Uh, we have yes. The wrestling finishing move was not necessary. He was going down. No need to hammer him to the ice. Other people saying that it was too much. And the last one, it's hockey, not softball. All these people watching are saying it's softball. not enough are watching the wrong sport. So, yeah, no, like Twitter it. split like down it. the middle a little bit. I think a lot of the people who thought it should have been more. I saw the Canucks fans. There's a lot of yeah. Come on, what? A lot of different sports. Non-contact. Okay, what? What can we count the sports where body slamming is allowed? Because it's not allowed in the NFL anymore. UFC. So, okay. Yeah, uh, so mixed, mixed martial arts. So I guess sorry, MMA. Yeah, that's because yeah, cool. someone was going to come and that. WWE count as a not. Wrestling itself. I don't know if you can do that in wrestling. Can you pick up someone and body slam on their head? That seems like it'd be an infraction. Oh. I'm talking, you know what I mean? Like the like the legit wrestling. Like yeah. I mean statewide varsity for wrestling. <laughs> that kind of 
Other than MMA, I'm struggling though, boys. Unless we start going like, yeah. I mean, I also don't yeah. think it was really a body slam. Yeah. We're not talking about a body slam. Here. A he kind of just pushed it. Yeah. Okay, so what would you call just... it when you take someone's full weight and then pick them up? He didn't pick them up. No, he, he did, did pick them up. He, he went stopped. upwards he, like, before he went him. downwards. He just pushed them over. How can you defend this hit? There's no. I don't want to defend it. I'm just saying it wasn't. People calling it a body slam. I don't think it was a. It's as close to a body slam as you'll see in hockey for sure. Maybe he went up and then he went crashing down. Slamming down. I don't think anyone's you know. ever small enough to get body slammed in hockey, but you know, Mitch Marner is, but they just can't catch him. Can you imagine? <laughs> not, they've been trying two his entire slam. career. Yeah. You know, just one thing I just take him him out. Just yeah. I talked about how I always thought he was just going to get head. rocked, and he, you just his hockey sense is just through the roof. Like you just can't. Well, it's not like he just all of a sudden became small. You no, know, he knows how to learn how to play with that his whole career, or whole life. It's just crazy. Oh, I'm small. Shit. But let's move on. Through this injury report, we got Jay Beagle. Obviously not fantasy relevant, but just sticking with the Canucks here for a second. face-off loss. Will miss four to six weeks with a fractured forearm. He took a Mike Hoffman bomb. Just a bomb. <laughs> off the arm. Yeah. Uh, pretty unfortunate. Classic uh, Beagles. Paul Stastny came out this afternoon that he could miss up to two months with a lower body injury. Uh, we'll talk about that injury. I like how bit. they know it can be up to two months, but they don't know exactly what injury it is. Just tell us already, yeah. NHL. This is so ridiculous. Yeah. LBI. <laughs> Uh, Justin, it's, a, it's an LBI. Justin Schultz will miss <laughs> at least who. four months after undergoing surgery on his fractured left leg. Pretty that gruesome uh, injury. Got tangled up with Thomas Placanic. Uh, didn't yeah. look good. Did you see it? It's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I, do, I can't. I, can't. I, I see a lot of gifts on Twitter that I like. I didn't like that one. No, I don't like no, that No, not at all. No, Hyperextending limbs. That'd be a, a not, category I wish I could mute. On yeah, Twitter, right? Sure. You know, there's like the insensitive con- content that I find... I post a lot, it yeah. seems, from my account. But anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of that. Um, All but, those um, things should yeah, be on there. That should be there for that. Because I Kevin don't want to see that. Yeah. Oh Kevin my god, Ware. Kevin Ware was horrifying. Yeah. Uh, but then the last Paul injury... George in practice. <laughs> Jaden Schwartz is day-to-day with a lower body injury. They're not really sure uh, when he's going to be back. Doesn't sound overly serious, but... Freddie, too. We should talk about Oh, yes, yeah, and Frederick yeah. Anderson... Uh, day-to-day with a knee injury. He did skate this morning, Yeah. so it doesn't sound like it's overly serious. They brought a full kid, skate, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, they brought a kid so. up from the ECHL to back up Garrett Sparks today. Yeah. It's really it hope he doesn't says more about their goaltending situation now than that. Oh, yeah. It's like, we have all these backups, so now we just... They, did they debate no calling the accountant? Were they like, let's, uh, let's give him a call. Scott, Scott Foster. Scott Foster. Yeah, Scott's chatting. <laughs> um, Back to Justin Schultz, though. One thing really quickly for that just scares me. If they lose the Tang, that team is going to be in a That's lot of trouble. That's what I was saying. Um, and Mata has struggled this year. Yeah. Or at least they're painting the picture that Mata has struggled. He was a healthy scratch in their fourth game, I think, on one or Jack third Johnson game on Thursday. Like it's the game against the Knights. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I think Mata would be the, the one to see the power play time. But he, well, it's he been has, a while since Jack Johnson played that role, but he has before in his career. You know, his 35, 40-point yeah. seasons he had a couple times in Columbus. Uh, like I said, it was probably about five or six years ago at this point. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's scary. I, I think, you know, the Penguins blue line is definitely, you know, they want the depth there. Uh, they definitely know their own team. They know that Latang's uh, subject to missing, you know, extended amounts of time. So. Same with Schultz. Did. Schultz at yeah. this point. But Schultz yeah, did. I mean, I, I like Mata, but you know, do you trust him to hold down that top spot on the power? Not that he has to do a whole lot on that power play unit, but, but I do. Well, you so, you so Ricola. Yeah. He was, uh, he came over from Finland. waiting all night for that. Every time I talk, like write about him on the website, I sit, scream sing that. The, sing the myself. Yeah. Um, he played in Finland the last couple of years. Had 25 and 24 points the last two seasons. He had already been playing on the second unit. Um, and then like with Schultz, when yeah. Schultz got hurt, Mata stepped into that role. 
Um, so I think we're going to see Mata play with Ricola on the second line, but our second power play unit, sorry, and they are going to probably play together even strength and Jamie Alexiak steps in with Jack Johnson. Still not a terrible blue line, but like you guys said, if, if Latang goes down, and if there's one team that does this every year, I mean, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, the one thing, too, though, is like, it doesn't really... hurt, too. Yeah. He's, he actually is back. He's back. Uh, He's yeah. Back. But touch his head. Give him a little tap. He might be able to go. No, I shot four. in practice. Two concussions, yeah. both in practice. He's got three and th- th- three so far. Well, three concussions, two of them. Yeah, two of them. Two of them having to practice. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. Keep the pucks low, boys. Yeah. And they traded Ryan Reeves. Like, that's the guy who's rocking the tenny in the head. Who would have thought it still happened, you know? Sorry, Ryan, I have no clue if that's how it goes. But um, Okay, to start this episode, really, we're going to talk about guys who have overachieved and underachieved through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, we've fielded a shitload of questions or statements um, about players that either A, we touted in the preseason that have underachieved so far. There's not a lot. Um, there's guys that we talked poorly of in the, regular, in the preseason that are playing well right now. But, not a lot. I no. guess what we're here to say is it's two weeks yeah. and to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Because Between three and six games. Calm the hell down. Does not matter. Yeah. yeah. So. Sit back. We're well, going to just go through the list here of guys that were highly drafted that yeah. have underachieved to a degree so far this season. Just talk about them. Oh, you're 0-1? There's 22 weeks. Yeah. You'll be fine. Chill out. You'll be fine. You're good. But uh, let's start with Tampa Bay here. we got Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, and Victor Hedman. Uh, Stamkos just one assist in their first three games. Now, he's broken. He's done. First three games. They're the, one of the only teams that have only played three games so far. So relax. But it's still one assist. You know what team Austin Matthews has more goals than? Oh, Christ. Sorry. Here we go. Nikita Kucherov, he does have a goal and an assist in the first three games. Victor Hedman, one goal in his first three games. We're saying to chill out here, obviously. But there's obviously some degree of struggling going on here in, in Tampa Bay because yeah. they've already separated Samkos and Kucherov. Uh, the triplets are back together. That's Palat, Johnson, yeah. and Kucherov. And it was the second power play unit that did all the work the other night when they picked up eight goals. Samkos had just one assist in that game, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, secondary too. Everybody weird. played him on draft games. Yeah. And, oh, Tampa's got eight goals. This is going to be great. I'm going to make so much money. He's got one apple. I not believe that. This is bullshit. Yeah. But, like, I, what do you guys have to say with this? Like, just obviously, it's just don't worry. Don't sell, sell yet, because there's going to be people who are going to try to offer you right away for Kucherov. They're going to be offering you a guy like Sebastian Ajo or something like that. You know, someone who's overperforming oh, right Sebastian. now. They'll try to offer you someone like, just don't fall for that crap yet. As as cold as these guys are, we've seen them be this hot on the opposite end. Yeah, I, especially with the Tampa players here, it's like literally three games. They're gonna blow up. In their next three games, they could combine for exactly. Yeah, points. Exactly. You could be like, oh, they're overachieving at twelve points in six games because <laughs> exactly. they just put up eleven and three. I know it's not even really at the point yet where we could look to see if there are sort of some underlying trends that could explain what's going on. Um, you know, they're all seeing plenty of ice time. They will all see. Maybe the boys long. just had a bad offseason. Yeah, why? Well, they they played three games. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? it's, it's, like Kucherov, two points in three games. Not even a big deal. No, it just looks bad when you compare it to you know some of the other guys who went at the top of the draft. Well, I think David just like, getting an assist on every goal or scoring every goal in Edmonton. Well, I yeah. couldn't even believe it. But yeah. even then, only played three games. Just the way that they they pushed the narrative. Um, it, I, I guess it was Saturday or Sunday. I was watching highlights, and they started it with Connor McDavid doesn't have a goal yet. 
it was this was last week and I'm like yeah he played one game like what like yeah and then like at first I'm like oh he's having a terrible year yeah. and then I like look at my freaking yeah they played in Europe and then yeah like he had one later. game are you kidding me and we're, we're that's how we're starting the highlight reel like yeah it's not what I want to hear yeah uh, but yeah so uh but yeah no I, I I think uh yeah not really nothing troubling here uh not guys you want to move either way because obviously you're not going to get what you should for them most likely at this point anyway right um yeah. you're not going to get what you should for Stamkos if you try to move him so uh, all these guys just hold on to them, get it a week or two. They'll be right back at the point of the game pace that you're used to seeing from them. Uh, but I think as we move down the list, you know, a little more troubling concern here when we're talking about Patrick Laine and Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, two dynamic performers on the Jets, obviously. Laine just two goals, one assist in five games. Ehlers, no points in five games. And both these guys not seeing a lot of ice time right now. No, it's a it's puzzling. Answer. It's weird. Laine, 15.56, average time on ice right now. Ehlers, 12.52, under 13 minutes a night. Uh, baffling. Yeah, it is. This guy's a dynamic talent, uh, playmaker, goal scorer. He can do it all. And, you know, it seems like he's, they finally put them back together on that second line. Uh, I, I get that they want to stretch out their top nines and their three lines, but they're just not deep enough down the middle, no. I don't think, to do that. Brian Little is not a top six center at this point anymore. It's a real weakness to their team that I think is going unnoticed and really not talked about at all. I think losing Stastny or not being able to retain Stastny uh, was a big blow for them. You know, it just puts a lot of pressure on Jack Rozovich to step up. Yeah. Um, I, I know we talked about him before. We like him. We like his upside. Uh, but I don't know if I feel comfortable if I'm the Jets putting all my eggs into that basket. Uh, so, you know, you need more from your wingers. And they're just not even giving them the chance to do that right now. Like you said, Line a less than 16 minutes a game. Ehlers less than 13 minutes a night. It doesn't make it sense. Uh, yeah, Ehlers obviously still can't smell a lick of power play time on that top so unit. Ridiculous. Probably not going to change. Uh, so as good as he is... Um, you know, and as much as we like him as a player, if these coaching decisions kind of keep up, it could really hamper his value and his production uh, as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, and then you look at, we talk about, you know, being soft down the middle a little bit, and then you look at a guy still like like Nick Patan, who like they basically just ruined Yeah. because they played him with Chris Thorburn for five years. He's healthy now. He's back. Finally. He could be a guy that could step in and help, I mean, maybe if he realizes his potential to a degree, but I just... I don't understand the usage. It, you know, and Ehlers is one thing. Yeah. Ehlers at 13 minutes a night, not, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But lining under 16 minutes a night is just uh, absurd. Is Maurice just like, hey, I've done a great job last year, let's just ruin it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, to, they just love again, that I think it just comes down so to their much. centers. They're just not as deep down yeah. the middle. They have a lot of good wingers, uh, and I think he wants to use them all, even the ones down the lineup like Perot. Uh, and it just ends up cutting into these guys' ice time who really need to be out there to make a difference and make up for, I, I guess, the lack of talent you have down the middle. It's uh, it's Another one here, Clayton Keller, another really talented winger who was moved to center for a little bit. He's back yeah. with Derek Stepan now. Yeah. They had a lot of success together last year. But he's still not – one assist, sorry. not No goals, one assist in four games. Are you guys worrying at all about Clayton Keller? I'm worried if he plays second-line center the whole season or the majority of the season. I, I think from a production standpoint... We'll have it once Galchenyuk's back. You would think so. But, again, I, I just think at this point in his career, um, it just bodes so much better for his production if he doesn't need to worry about being uh, you know, that constant driver of production and you know offense and as well as suppressing defensive chances on a line. Uh, Derek Stepan, very good at all of that, very yeah. underrated at all of that. So I, I just think the two of them together work together really well. Um, so I'd love to see them back together. I think we should see Kelly back towards that 70-point pace that he was at last season. Uh, again, he was one of 
what we had pegged as a, as a breakout for this year. Yep. The usage has been a little disappointing. And I think it's kind of led to... It's just been... I think it's just production. been a, something they've been... It's forced their hand a little bit without uh, De- yeah, and Dvorak and without Galchenyuk. Yeah. They, they just had no center depth. Dylan Strom, I, they just are showing no belief no. in him yeah. whatsoever. And trust me, I, I get it. You know, from a long-term perspective of the Coyotes franchise, you want to see what you have in Keller as a center. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously... There's a lot more value if you can get him to be as dominant as he is on the wing down the middle. Uh, but he just doesn't seem ready for that role quite yet. And it just seems the responsibilities are way on his game too much. And they, again, being split up on – put on the second line too is the big thing away from Stefan uh, and whoever else they decide to put up there. Usually Panic. Usually Panic. And the three of them were so well together yeah. last year. And this is a team that has just started slow. Um, we expected kind of a little bit of, a, of an improvement this year, and we haven't really seen that yet. Um, I still they just, of, they're just I having a tough that. time scoring yeah. goals. They're generating a ton of chances. Yeah, they look good. Yeah. And I, I do think they got a chance. Like, <laughs> Part of it is the fact that they've played John Gibson twice. Yeah. That was, I mean, like, he's the guy's just he's been staying on his head twice. Yeah. They got, like, 80 shots combined in those two games, yeah. too. <laughs> Freaking guy faced 44 shots in two periods the other day. Just absurd. Uh, what about uh, Patrick Hornquist now off of Sidney Crosby's line? Just one assist in four games. He's not even a guy I've really liked uh, ever not before. Even on radar. No, that's why I put him on here because I figured you. I just. There's enough guys that we Everybody seemed so. to love this guy. He maxes out at 24 and 24 every year. And yeah. then now he starts like this and we're Playing surprised. Well, we, all, we always talked about how what he's been doing, there's really no more upside than no. that. And it's all dependent on his role on that team. Uh, and again, he drops down the lineup, and all that production just disappears. Uh, couldn't hold down that spot with Crosby on the top line. Again, as long as he's on the power play, he'll probably still end up with 20 goals. Yeah. Oh, he's going to finish with 24 and 24. Yeah. But again, just not a lot of upside, and he could totally, like we say, just drop off the face of the earth. If he falls down that lineup, you want to be fantasy relevant come year's end. I don't know if you guys know this, and it's still early. The Arizona Coyotes right now are fifth in the NHL. In shots per game, yeah, at thirty six point five, and first in the NHL in shots against, just twenty three shots against. That's a plus thirteen shot differential per game. Arizona Coyotes, anti Ranta, is gonna have a a nice year if they keep that up. I like the looks of that a lot. So I'm 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 always all in on the on the Coyotes, and I'm I'm still sticking with it. I love Keller. I'm not worried about him at all. Best uh, third jerseys in the league? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Absolutely. Uh, I fielded a question earlier. Yeah. Uh, somebody reached out to me. Uh, pretty angry this this uh, afternoon. He basically called out, like, well, oh, great advice on Ivan Provorov. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up next? Norris Trophy? Guy's got no points in five games. Simply my response was Chill. that it's five. It's Simmer. been two weeks. Five yeah. games. It ain't shit. I mean, Drew Doughty's only got two. Roman Yossi's only got two. Are we going to drop those guys? No, we're not. We just need to relax. Do you guys have anything to add on, on a Provorov? Uh, I, I think it's more, you know, it's, it more shows the struggles the Flyers have had as a whole offensively. Um, you know, obviously the injuries, the JVR is unfortunate. Uh, but again, I think I talked about it last week. The Flyers are just terrible down the middle. Uh, when you get past Sean Couturier, I don't like Nolan Patrick at all. Hasn't really shown much of anything in his first year and a half in the league. He's still very young, and obviously there's a lot of potential there. Um, but, again, I, I think once the Flyers get their offense back on track, Provorov's still playing 25, 26 minutes a night right now. Uh, so the points will be bound to come. And then all the other miscellaneous stats, if you're in those uh, sort of standard leagues, uh, hits, block shots, even shots, you should rack up as well at a decent rate. Uh, so I think he'll be fine. And uh, Again, it's more of a... You know, just a result of the lack of offense that the Flyers have put up as a whole this season. We've touched on the overachievers, or the underachievers. Now we need to talk overachievers. And 
I guess basically we'll roll through this list and just let me know if you guys think that's obviously some of these numbers aren't sustainable yeah. over the whole year, but I mean, if you expect continued production or if this is a guy that you think it'd be a good time to sell high on. Somebody we talked about a little bit last week was Morgan Riley for obvious reasons. Three goals, ten assists, and six games coming into Monday night's game. Um, <laughs> D, I guess we'll start with you. The, uh, the numbers are obviously absurd. Yeah. We don't expect that to continue, but is he a guy that you think could finish the year as a top ten defenseman still? Uh, I think so. Uh, it, it really seems it like it. Looks like it. Yeah. yeah I, I so think if uh, yeah, it's just it's so much different from last year. Uh, Gardner saw the bulk of that top power play time. At best, they split. And now it's just gone a complete 180. Riley's finally seen all the opportunity. And we see what he can do with it. Obviously, the Leafs have just been, you know, they're not going to keep scoring at the same pace they've been scoring at, but they should be up near the top, if not leading the league in goals for most of the season, just given the offense that they have. And Riley's going to be the main beneficiary of that. He's literally just reaping in the secondary assists. He's made some nice plays, too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of goals happen There's himself. A lot of contact apples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, exactly. Like, you have this much talent around you playing on that power play unit. With Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner, uh, you know he's the quarterback of that unit. He's the one up top that's either going to slide it to Matthews, slide it to Marner, mm-hmm. and then that puck's going up front to John Tavares, or it's getting shot on net. So it just bodes well for Riley putting up a ton of points this year. Uh, and I think at this point, as long as his role maintains and he keeps seeing that ice time on the top power play unit, there's no reason that he won't be around sixty, at least sixty points by the end of the season, especially with that head start he has. Obviously, well, yeah, off to a good start. Yeah. Beep, what do you think? No, I love him. Um, just the way they're incorporating him into that offense is uh, he looks like he's going to be a key piece. Three goals already bodes well for him, pushing his career numbers up from, I believe it was 12 last year. Was that his career high? Something like that. Uh, don't quote me on it, but it was around there. Um, I just... Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's got double digit. Before, I don't think he's ever had double digit. Yeah, you're right. I believe it was like seven. Yeah, but, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, I definitely see him getting... But again, a lot of that has to do with the fact that yeah. he's never featured on the top power play. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that... Jake Gardner coming into tonight had one shot on goal all year. Uh, mm. He had two assists in the first period tonight, oh, yeah. though, for the record. One Did shot he? I believe so. I watched the second one and assumed he was getting assists. I didn't check the score. The scorers. <laughs> Sebastian Aho is a guy that I had as my breakout uh, coming into this season. Good Four goal. goals, seven assists in his first six games. Obviously a guy that I called, and I'm not ready to sell high on. What about you guys? you guys believers in this hot start? Uh, maybe not two points per game hot start but uh i definitely i I like it we talked about carolina being an exciting team um this guy he's coming into his third year clearly kind of feeling comfortable in the league and uh and he's gonna be a leader out in carolina their their scoring's kind of through the roof right now we've seen jordan Stahl put up um ridiculous numbers as well so i think making up for all the goals they should have scored last exactly lead the nhl in shots on goal per game 42.3 and bodes well for him oh Um, they'll keep shooting 40 a game for the rest of the year oh yeah it's carolina like numbers but no (laughs) i do like aho can't believe he's not 50 uh, yeah i think he is for real um he does seem to uh to dominate when he is out there um when i've watched my one carolina game so far this year yeah i love aho i don't know if i'm buying that he's a point per game player just yet yeah um, Even if you I get still, like 65, that's, yeah, a, that's I, I, I still just think he's going to be more around a 60 to 70 point pace from here on out. Again, this another guy's obviously got a really head, a good head start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you're looking from the production of year on it, if you can move him for you know a first round caliber forward or a package surrounding one, even a guy like Patrick Kane, um, uh, you know Vladimir Tarasenko that Brock loves. Uh, I think a lot of oh, these both. guys still project to do better than Aho for the you know the the rest of the season. Uh, obviously, I still think Aho's a really strong player, but I'm not buying into a point-per-game player just yet. Well, I'm buying in. I'm all in. 
I said he was going to get a point per game, so I'm yeah. sticking with it, obviously. There's yeah. no reason to back down from it at this point. The one thing that's hilarious, obviously only six games, he's got a 56.3 Corsi 4 right now. Yeah. That's a minus 9.1 relative <laughs> on the right now. So they're firing on all cylinders. One guy I wrote about the other day was Jordan Stahl, like you just mentioned, Peebs, and he, uh, like that second line or first line, whatever you want to call them, they've yeah. just been absolutely dominant so far Dirty. this year. Um, I think, you know, obviously center's super deep. Yeah. Stall probably won't continue it for the whole season, but I mean, he's a guy who scored 29 in his rookie year. He does have offensive upside. He's a stall. So while they're dominating, I don't hate it. He's uh, a stall. Alex DeBrincat's a guy that a lot of people had pegged as a sleeper breakout this year as well. Six goals, three assists in his first five games. What do you guys think about DeBrincat? Uh, I think it's good. I, you know, he shot at a little above average pace last year, and we weren't expecting him to keep that up. Um, but, you know, we, we did say that, you know, the shot volume should be able to offset, in it, or an increased shot volume should be able to offset yeah. that regression, especially if he gets the ice time uh, that he deserves. That was the main question mark with Quenville, how he would handle it. Uh, DeBrincat's gotten, you know, all the run, or all the rope yeah. to play with in the world right now. Yeah. yeah, on, I guess, what is their top line. Uh, really, the Kane line is their most effective, but he's on the top line with Taves, uh, and more importantly, on the top power play unit. Uh, he seems to be a bona fide, legitimate goal scorer. So he's legitimately the best scorer I've ever seen play in junior hockey. Yeah. Um, three straight years of 100 plus points. This three straight years of 50 plus goals. That's just like it's it's got to translate somewhere. <laughs> it's got to continue. Yeah. yeah no, I, I I like him a lot. I think you know he's he'll be efficient and effective think, for the rest of the year. Fantasy relevant for sure. Uh, and he's got dual winning eligibility in Yahoo for sure. I don't know yeah. about ESPN. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know he's on pace. But not on pace. I'm not trying to say he's on pace, but I think you know he's he's a guy that could capable be, of ending up with 35 plus goals this year. Yeah, and he's a guy that could be right around the the 70 point you know plateau. I think, especially with this head start. Yeah, he's a guy that we had rate pegged for right around that area. Um, you know, point per game. I'm not totally ready there. I still think that Chicago's kind of overachieved as a whole so far this year, and I think that yeah, cool they're going to come down. They'll right? cool down a little bit. Um, when people realize, you know, we talked about Elias Patterson quite a bit already, uh, so we don't need to go there. But uh, Beebs, Thomas Shabbat's a guy that you liked a lot last week. Uh, do you have anything else to add after what he's, you know, kind of added to this this week? Nope, nothing's changed. Pick him up, guys. Padding stats, he's looking like the number one offensive option as far as back end goes in Ottawa. Um, they're definitely off to a way hotter start than they should be, um, and that's not saying much. But um, at the same time, uh, I like Shabbat. He's starting to prove that he can handle those minutes. And uh, he's going to destroy your minuses, but he can at least be serviceable. Yeah, but who gives a shit about plus minus? Yeah. Uh, Elias Lindholm, another guy we talked about last week. Uh, I wrote about him this week. They have nothing much to change. I think they've only played one game since. A yeah. uh, guy that's going to should stay on that top power or top line all season. Um, do you guys have anything else to add about Elias? Nope. Not much more to say. I mean, it's been one game since I think the last time we did a podcast. Uh, Jakob Silverberg, one of the only guys that's still healthy. So he did leave the last game. And then he did leave the last game. So he's probably injured too. But uh, Silverberg's a guy that's had a lot of success um, as like kind of a second line, secondary scoring winger in Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, three goals and four assists in his first six games. Guys buying into this, started all or is this a guy that you kind of just pick, pick him up now, ride a little bit of a wave, and he'll yeah, kind of settle I, I think in. He's definitely a, you know, a worthy short-term pickup, um, especially while they deal with all those injuries up front. He can be played in all situations for Anaheim, so he's probably going to keep seeing around you know, upwards of 19, 20 minutes a night, mm-hmm. so long as the rest of them uh, are hurt right now. Uh, so, yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity to be had there. Uh, not a whole lot to play with up front, but they still have one of the best blue lines in the league as far as offensive production goes. 
so yeah, I think Silverberg uh, has pushed himself, you know, from fringe fantasy value to bottom your roster guy. Yes, right now. legitimately, I think, uh, especially while everybody's here. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. go, you know, dropping someone who's, you know, you good, good, or should be productive all year long. But I, I wouldn't be dropping if you have injuries or you just have, you know, one of the your one or two guys that are really struggling right now and no signs of really turning. I wouldn't drop around. Nikolai Ehlers for him yet. Yeah, no, I wouldn't drop Nikolai Ehlers at all. No, yeah. me neither. Uh, Max Lejoie, we won't talk about him too much, but he's had a nice start to the year. Uh, but not a guy that's really put up a lot of points in juniors even before. Um, I mean, decent numbers, but not a guy that we expect to continue at this crazy pace. Three goals, three assists in his first five games. Um, unless you guys do think he's going to continue. No, absolutely not. <laughs> all right, and no, Michael's- I, you know what? It's funny. I think it's funny that all his value derives from being on Ottawa's second power play unit. Yeah, it's like, how bizarre. productive do we think Ottawa's second power play unit is going to be all year long? All we talked about was like, well, somebody's got to score goals in that team. And now all of a sudden we're like, well, there's second power play. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't that. even a point per game guy in junior. He's not yeah. going to do it. Uh, Michael Furland, three goals, three assists in six games. Kind of just riding um, Sebastian Ajo's coattails. But he was one of the best coattail riders in Calgary. So there's no reason to expect him to not be, you know, at least bottom of the roster type of guy. Yeah. With that line. But anyways, that was the first half of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Um, when we get back, we're going to talk about a couple more waiver wire pickups. Uh, some guys that have changed since last week. And we will talk some Twitter questions as well. So enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Been a long time, been a long time. To the dirt, now back on my crowd. I took a trip to the borderline. And I dashed my head in some upstream land. Talked about some overachievers. Talked about some underachievers. Yep. Talked about some guys that were banged up. Now we're going to talk about some guys that should be on your waiver wire that you should pick up. Obviously, this is a Shouldn't little bit. Should be on your waiver wire. Anymore. Yeah, I guess it should. You're going to have them on your team. Exactly. Uh, a little bit redundant here for the first couple episodes of the season because there's not really a whole lot to dive into. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to freak out over three games. Yeah, we don't want to be hot take guys. Uh, but there are players that should be picked up because their own percentage is too low. Um, you know, good starts. Some guys that you know aren't glaringly obvious too. Like we're looking at guys that you know have twenty shots through five games, but haven't scored a goal yet because puck luck yeah. or shit happens. And guys that people, other people are overlooking you because maybe they don't have a lot of points. Yeah. But and a lot of guys that have always been good players, but haven't seen maybe the opportunity or the playing time to you know really reap the benefits of that. Yes, uh, and they have so far yeah. this year. So it's pretty crazy. You think like. Someone has four game stretch during the year where yeah. they don't have a point. No one's <laughs> yeah, ever going to say a thing. I was just thinking that we're talking the first about four the games of the year. This happens, and you know. I know. I just thought it was worth mentioning because you got to be frustrated as a fantasy owner when you're seeing these guys. You know, the Maple Leafs, the Aho, Absolutely. all these guys piling up. 
you know, even Pedersen, eight, nine, ten points, and you drafted Kucherov second overall, and he's got two points so far, right? So, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess Beavis, we'll start with you. Who do you got first on your list? I got a nice juicy one, um, grabbing it off the, the hottest offense in the league, and D's boys, um, Kasperi Kapanen. He's currently 43% owned in leagues, which is pretty high, probably the highest he's ever been in his career. Um, by probably, I mean it is, but the reason he's <laughs> so sure. high is because he's now in the top six on. <laughs> Did I mention? Probably the best offense in the league, Toronto Maple Leafs. I, would, I want everything to do with that top six or anything that plays with Austin Matthews right now. So if I'm an owner... Can't wait for William Nylander to get traded for yeah. like Oliver ekman Larson because... That's one thing about Kasperi Kapanen that I'm... Not, not down yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was it's never fun. down for it before, but now I'm like looking at how many goals they're scoring without Nylander. Exactly. Dude, his, and how many shots they're giving up, and I'm like... Just, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's just going to be frustrating when he goes and puts up a point per game. I know, he gets. but he's going to do great. But yeah, if it's 8 million, though, he won't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, but with two goals and four assists through his first five games, and I believe he has a couple tonight as well, so the numbers will be swayed, but they'll be better, actually. Um, so he'll probably be more picked up. <laughs> but um, two goals, four assists, and 15 shots in his first five games, three a game. I like that pace. That's crazy because he played the first like two and a half games, I think, on yeah. the fourth line, too. Yeah, really not producing much. Um, and one thing that about Kapan is he might force Toronto's hand to leave him there. If he continues to play this well um, and, and prove that he can be that player that, that can roll alongside Austin Matthews, yeah. then why would you slot William Nylander in there if it is working? You can sign him, maybe put him on your third line. I'm not saying it'll happen. I don't want to jump to that conclusion. But say you get Kapan in and that happens, um, I mean, that could be a, a, a lot of value later on. But at the same time, it's someone you got to keep an eye on. If he falls down that lineup, get him off your team. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we're assuming Nylander's eventually going to sign. Yeah. Um, One of these days. You right. certainly expect it to happen. We also thought Le'Veon Bell would be signed a long time ago, but here we are. It's the era of the holdouts, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Connor owner, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, and you know, as far as that goes, if I, I think it would still be something that's you know maybe worth considering because you look at putting Nylander on the third line with Kadri. It's amazing. And all of a sudden you got another potent offensive line, right? Against two lines that have already shown to be, you know. Dominant. Exactly. So, I don't know. I, I think it'll probably be wor- worth considering. Um, I think for the first little bit, I, do- I don't imagine Nylander is going to sign and then the first game on the yeah. top line. Uh, I just don't think At that's least, how Babcock rolls. Yeah, the way they're talking and doing all these subtle, yeah. these subtle messages. Yeah. So, it yeah, seems like Kapanen, you know, has a pretty good window, at least in the short term, to be yeah. on that top Fair line. Yeah. He's played really well. I think he's a great compliment to what uh, you know, Matthews does, and it's really what Babcock wants. He's a Zach Hyman, yeah, made of the same mold. You know, he goes Works hard. He's hard. a great skater. He's got a little more skill than Hyman for sure. Uh, but yeah, great on the wall. Great underappreciated. At, yeah, great at getting the puck and giving it to Austin Matthews. You know, so that's all you need to do. Just gotta be yeah. good at that. Yeah, and he's just gets all the breakaways and scores on all the breakaways yeah. in the world. Doesn't yeah. miss a lot. Score. No. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, D? Who, who are you looking at on the way over? I got a pair of defensemen. First, I'm gonna talk about Hampus Lindholm. Uh, you know, Lindholm coming off an underrated season last year, probably just with how deep that Ducks blue line is. But he scored 13 goals and added 18 assists in just 69 games. Uh, off to hot start this year. He's got one goal, five assists for the Ducks' first five games. And his usage is sky high right now. The Ducks really have been forced to lean on their blue line because uh, the injuries we were talking about earlier, Ryan Getzlaff, mm-hmm. Corey Perry. Uh, Lindholm's delivered. He's averaging 24 minutes and 11 seconds a game right now, nearly two minutes more than last season. Second among Ducks defensemen in power play time to Cam Fowler. Uh, so he's kind of got the clear lead there on Brandon Montour for the time being. Uh, I think, you know, Fowler's kind of struggled to start the season. Two points in six games. 
I think there's definitely potential for Lindholm to move up to that top unit, especially if he keeps uh, playing like he is right now. Uh, I think either way, he's a very capable offensive defenseman. He's played a ton of minutes right now, and that should, you know, looks like that's going to be the case uh, from here on out. He's a big part of why the Ducks are second in the NHL right now. Do you guys know that? That's wild. That yeah. is crazy. I didn't know that. Him and John Gibson. That's eye yeah, yeah, they're 4-1-1, one, and one, um, you know, no, despite all the injuries. So, uh, Lindholm, he's available in almost 70% of leagues. Uh, can offer immediate help to your blue line if you got some injuries, and he should be at least somewhat productive all year long. Uh, got a good shot. Proven goal scorer, 13 goals last year. Um, and generates a decent amount of shots, too. So, just a lot to like here. 34% owned. I don't know how much of a need there is right now for help on the blue line, but I think he's definitely the top guy available, uh, at least in the majority of leagues right now. Yeah, it, he's just great because he just plays so much, so much. Love minutes. We thought he played a lot last year. And Twenty-four year. minutes a night. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Uh, and, and he's just a good guy to have in, in leagues that count all sorts of different categories yeah. too. Like he blocks a ton of shots, and he'll just do a little bit of everything for you. And I just his only issue at this point in his career is just been staying healthy. I mean, he could have had two really nice years the last couple of years. Yeah. He just could stay healthy. Um, obviously, 11% shooting percentage. Not ideal, but no. he, he does have a good shot, like you mentioned. He doesn't see a ton of power play time, but Lindholm like, sees just a ton of time mm-hmm. like, all across the rest of the game. Um, it was funny because we were watching the game yesterday. My buddy was t- in a tie in his fantasy league, and um, the Blues pulled their goalie with like three minutes left, and he needed one assist from Cam Fowler or anything to, to win. And they pulled the goalie, and Fowler just did not touch the yeah, ice. Lynn Holman Manson. Lynn Holman Manson. Yeah. And then, like, they played a minute, and then the Ducks iced it, and then called a timeout. And then, like, they played, they came back on, played the next minute, and then the Blues called the timeout, and then they came back on. So, like, Lynn Holman Manson played, like, literally the final, like, three and a half minutes of the game, Carlos, just standing out there, yeah. just blocking shots. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, to have those two guys on the, on the roster. Yeah, they, they played the majority last year together. They were separated at the start. I think they had Montour with Lynn Holm. Uh, with Manson, and yeah, they've since swapped and gone back to what they're used to, and obviously it worked for them last year. And yeah, Manson's seen a lot of time this year as well. Seems like that's kind of becoming their clear-cut uh, top pair. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked Lindholm, uh, but for me, I, I know it's just the competition's always been there. Right? Yeah, and it's it always will been, be, yeah. but I mean, he's yeah. emerging a little bit more yeah. this year. They really like falling in love with Manson a lot the last two years, too, for sure. which is good. So playing with him helps. Yeah. Um, for me right now, I like Mika's advantage ad. I don't love the Rangers at all, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he's looked really good to start the year. Yeah, One goal, one assist only in his first five games, but he's got 20 shots on goal so far. Uh, so that's over four shots per game. This is a guy that had 212 shots in just 72 games a year ago. Uh, looked like he was well on, his way, well on his way for his first 30-goal campaign. Uh, but, you know, injuries made him miss 10 games and ultimately cost him that 30-goal season. But he's a guy that is capable of shooting over 230 times this season if he can stay healthy. Uh, he's an 11.3 career shooting percentage. So he's a guy that can easily get to 30 as long as he stays healthy. Uh, last year, he only had 20 assists, but that was thanks to a really ugly 6.9 on ice shooting percentage. Uh, that's up to 9.3, a lot more normal this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I <laughs> excuse me, I don't think the Rangers are a team that are going to score a shitload of goals this year. Um, especially with the amount that they just fuck with their no. their lines it's all the so time. Weird. But the one consistent is always the Banchat as number one center. Um, and you know his, his wingers might fluctuate throughout the season, but uh, I think Banchat really does have potential to be a thirty goal scorer. As we always say, somebody's got to score on a bad mm-hmm. offense. And 
a guy that's already averaging over four, right on four shots per game uh, to this point of the season. If he can maintain anywhere close to three over the course of the year, uh, we're going to be talking about a 30-goal scorer for the first time yeah. in his nine. Well, this will be his official eighth year uh, yeah. in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, him, Kreider, and uh, Buchnevich are uh, awesome at you know driving play and yeah. generating chances. Yeah, except Buchnevich, Buchnevich is, is going to be a healthy line. scratch yeah. tomorrow. I know. For... for for Cody McLeod. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not going to talk about it. I did this last week. Wait, did they actually scratch Bucinevich? Uh, he skated, he rotated on yeah. the fourth line, this, or, like today, yeah. as the second rotation, which yeah. and McLeod did not... got more rushes. Do they have? They realize they have to trade some of these guys, right? Like, you can't keep scratching Kevin Shattenkirk, Domestikov, if you actually eventually want to try to trade them. Like, their contracts make it tough enough as it is. They, but now you're showing, like, oh, these guys aren't even worth playing on our team. Remember last week when I said, like, Domestikov was just like, why are you scratching him for Cody McLeod? Yeah. It's only been four games. Domestikov is the clear leader on the Rangers in scoring chances four for 60. Yeah. Like, it's just a disaster. Oh, fail to mention that Cody McLeod is last on the roster in scoring chances for 60 at 11. Oh, what? No, no way. That's crazy. Hey, but he worked really hard in training camp. And he had to get rewarded for his efforts. Bullshit. But anyways, the Banjad, I think, is a great pickup. 36% owned right now. Uh, Obviously, center is pretty deep. The other guy I've got to talk about is a center as well. So this is... um, Team dependent. I mean, if yeah. you're deep down the middle, then just move along and maybe look at Humpus Lindholm. But, uh, Biebs, what do you got uh, next? Yeah, speaking of guys on bad teams that have to score, um, this is a little bit of a deeper waiver wire pickup for me today. At only 14% owned, um, Thomas Tatar, Brock's old boy. <laughs> Fucking light in the wings um, up right now. Still your boy, actually, because, I mean, you guys got three picks for him to play 20 games and get six Thanks, points Tommy. in Vegas last year. But Thomas Tatar, all Vegas, whatever happened last year aside, um, all the healthy scratches, he has two goals, two assists through four games a series, playing top-line minutes as the top left wing in Montreal. Um, he's got like three apples tonight. Yeah, so. he's having a, a goal in three, I believe. Going, so going he's going to be, again, another guy who's flying up the pickup. So I'm going to look dumb when I'm like, hey, grab this kind of waivers, much like happening, and they just have a sweet night tonight. Regardless, I wrote this this morning, so <laughs> I didn't see this happening. But uh, he has 20-plus goals in his last four years. That includes last year's shitty year in Vegas and Detroit, um, where he just topped that 20 um, yeah. with a goal, I believe, in one of his last games there. But he should pretty much be a, a, a good bet to, to top his career high of 46 points, um, which he's kind of hovered around throughout his main three good years in Detroit. Uh-huh. Um, I like Tatar as a bottom-of-the-roster guy. He's never really had... The opportunity to go full minutes because we've seen Detroit just be so ridiculous. Their roster and Marshall, just, just like, throw people yeah. around. And one game he's on third, one game he's on first. Fourteen shots through four games in Montreal. It's I, like one there's season. Something to like. Like there. from 2013-14 to 2016-17 uh, is time on ice went 14-20, 16-10, It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So get it together. I like Tatar at fourteen percent. If you're in a league where Tatar's out there, if you're in one of those really deep leagues, you have to grab this guy like anyone in the top six, especially someone in the top three. Um, there is Duran right behind him who could push for that job, but, I mean, Duran's kind of looking good in that second line. So uh, it looks like he's going to stay there. Yeah, and Tatar can play the other yeah. one, too, uh, and, when it comes uh, down to it. Uh, he, the thing, too, 14 shots in just four games. Uh, impressive, exciting, never really seen it from Tatar. Yeah. Uh, only broke 200 shots once in his career. Always a guy that I wanted to Seems see pretty rejuvenated, exactly. not to like. You know, honestly, okay, like, so from a Red, does. Yeah. From a Red Wings it. perspective, this is a guy I always really liked. Um, 
does a lot of dumb shit. Yeah. Does a lot of really good shit. He's a gypsy doodle. Does a lot of good shit. I always liked him a lot. I always liked him a lot more than Nyquist. I, I was a little bit upset when he was the guy that got traded. When he got traded for three picks, I was immediately not upset anymore. Nyquist <laughs> is nothing now. Right? No. He does um, nothing. But I really like Guitar. And if you if you if he's playing like 20 minutes a night or whatever he's playing right now, sure. he's going to have a good year. 1827. Uh, 1827. That's phenomenal. That. Yeah. Obviously, he's not playing 20. That's Alexander Barkov shit, but... I always thought Tatar was a pretty good player. I think he is a guy that really, you know, has 30-goal upside. He just needs the minutes, and I, there's really no reason for him not to get them in Montreal. Yeah. yeah. Especially in this year that's looking like it could be a throwaway. And yeah. Why not, you know, I mean, they're just absolutely running trade on Detroit right now, so maybe they're the best team in the yeah. league. Yeah. I and I and saw like, a report today saying it was Detroit's best chance to get a win tonight, so good thing they showed up for that 6-1 like all year, it's just their best. No, I think, uh, I think this month. <laughs> I, I honestly hope they don't win a game all year. It'd be awesome. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Would that be cool? Then you'll have your twenty-five percent chance at. Jackson. Dude, if we don't win a game all year, we should just get the first three picks. Hey, I said that a couple years ago with Colorado. And yeah, you know it was funny. <laughs> they did not get. They got the fourth pick. I uh, my care. Yeah, I was looking. <laughs> I was looking at like when the. Uh, <laughs> I was like the the other day, like when the Le- Red Wings started like oh one and two or whatever. I was just like, oh, they're. I was gonna tweet out like they're on pace to go like a hundred or like oh twenty two and fifty five. Yeah, I love. You can those, use that though. voice. I love yeah. those. And then I was love just like, teams. I was gonna say that, but then I just looked at it. And I'm like, man, like that would literally still make them better than like the 2016 Avalanche. Yeah. Like they still would have more points than that team without a single yeah, win. Forty eight points. Forty eight points. Just at least something like that. Just ugly. But uh, <laughs> who's your next pickup? D. Uh, you know, another defenseman sticking on the blue line, Alex Edler. Now stay with me. Dude, loving your D today. Stay with me. Uh, you know, Edler, not the most sexy name on defense by any nah. means. Uh, 27% Corsi forward. Not a whole lot of offside, but the guy just plays an app, like, yeah. the most minutes. No one else can do it. Yeah. yeah. There's no one to do it. And like you said, especially in these, you know, miscellaneous stats leagues, if you're picking up block shots and hits, stuff like that, I think Edler's a must own and probably is owned in your league already. But Edler's always been a serviceable fantasy D-man when he's playing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's struggled with injuries a lot in his career. I think I had a projected for 69 games played this yeah. year, the lowest of any player projected. Because he has not had a healthy year in since 2011. Yeah. So, you know, production isn't very secure in that sense. Uh, but I think if you need some short-term help on your fantasy blue line, Edler makes for a solid pickup. Uh, he's another guy's usage, like Lynn Holmes, just absolutely sky high right now. He's averaging almost 26 minutes a night. <laughs> Heavily featured in all scenarios for the Canucks. Uh, underrated shooter in terms of shot volume. He shot 172 times on net last season, just 70 games. Uh, the Canucks power play has actually looked pretty good early on. Uh, obviously, losing Pedersen's a big hit to that, but Edler should continue to reap the benefits of whatever they do with the man advantage. He has five assists in five games this season. Obviously, don't expect him to produce like that all year, uh, but he's still a reliable goal scorer from the back end and should maintain you know, kind of around a half a point per game pace down the stretch. Like I said, the upside is limited, but he's just so heavily utilized that he makes for a reasonable spot start on any given night. I think if you're using standard scoring, keep in mind, obviously, that Vancouver, always a plague for the plus-minus. But they've looked good this year, for whatever that's worth, in the few games. Uh, But again, so far, they always start Yeah, not a ton of upside. Probably not a pickup that's going to win your league, but could definitely win you a week if it came down to it. I think he's one of the better spots types you can find night in and night out uh, on the waiver wire as far as defensemen go. Yeah, I mean, like, even 
like once Pedersen gets back too, like that first power play unit should be decent. You know, as long as, put, as long as they put Besser back up there. Yeah. Like I mean, if you look at a Horvat, Besser, Edler, Pedersen, and who gives a shit? Can I be honest with you guys? I don't know if Travis Green knows what he's doing. No. no. Honestly, I think Travis There's Green... There's a theme here. I think Travis Green... As much as I love my former Maple Leafs. I think Travis Green and uh, Jeff Flashel are just out to lunch. Yeah. But... I, I, I Edler's a guy that's always been pretty serviceable um, throughout his career. And it's just, like you said, just, yeah. just got to stay on the ice. Got to stay healthy. You know, you're not going to bust through for 50, 60 points by any means. Uh, but reliable production so long as he's in the lineup... Uh, and it's reliable because he plays almost half the game. Yeah. So he's going to do something. Yeah. Speaking of reliable and playing almost half the game. Yeah. Derek Stepan. This <laughs> guy I literally think I talked about on the show last year during the second episode of the season. But he's playing almost 21 minutes a night in Arizona. Silly. Averaging nearly five shots per game right now. Classic. If you look over the last, since 2014, 57 <laughs> points, 55 points. 53 points, 55 points, 56 points. That's just the model of consistency right there. 40 assists, steady two out of the five years, 38-plus assists in all three seasons. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, this year, he's just like, yo, bro, I'm going to shoot five shots a game. Steady there. He's <laughs> going to... He's going to play with Clayton Keller, we hope, for the whole year. You would think. We talked about how... It makes sense. You know, we talked about how we think Arizona's going to be better. We talked about how Arizona's... Fifth in the league in shots four per game. Yeah. No points in four games right now. It's only 19% owned probably as a result of having zero points. Right. And playing for the Coyotes and everything else. Yeah, and all the things that are working against him. But (laughs) he's got so much upside. And almost just like the sturdiest floor ever. Even when last year he played in Arizona when they sucked ass. Yeah. Still had 50 plus points and 30, 40 assists. Yeah. There's just a lot to like about Derek Stepan. He's always been one of these guys I've had a soft spot for. Always on the bottom end of my rosters. Uh-huh. Soft for Derek. Soft for Derek. I, honestly, I, I think in deep leagues, it's a really like huge Q pickup. I think as much as anything else, the one major thing he has going against him is the lone yeah. center eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much depth at that position as far as fantasy hockey is concerned. But uh, I, I do agree that it really doesn't get any more consistent than that. I didn't realize that. that it was I know. That, yeah. And, and I think there is upside for more. They're yeah, well, he's got, that's what I was saying. He's got everything going right for him so far. He's playing over 20 minutes a night, uh, shooting the puck a ton. Now he's playing with Keller. Uh, and the points haven't been there, obviously. Uh, but they haven't been there for Arizona as a whole. Like you said, they've just been out shooting the puck. Once it gets going, it's, this is one of the pieces that will yeah. definitely click. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I think it's reliable. I I think especially like the main upside is Keller, right? If Keller breaks through like we yeah. think he can, uh, if he kind of pulls everything together and ups his point total, then Stepan's is sure to run right alongside him. Right along with him. I mean, it's, it's still early. It's only been five games or four games for this guy. And I'm not saying that he's going to maintain this over the course of the season, but yeah. he's on pace for 390 shots right now. Yeah. That's a lot of shots. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of shots. That's Ovi-like numbers. That's, <laughs> that's just – that's on pace – Ovi doesn't even do that anymore. No, no yeah. that's on pace that's, for 39 goals. Yeah. Just saying. That's significantly better than I thought. Yeah. Surprised twice by Derek Stefan numbers today. There you go. So, uh, Beebs, do you have any other uh, guys to talk about, or should we get into Twitter questions? No, I think it's time. Uh, Twitter time. You guys hear that bird? 
Um, I just want to say, never forget that Alex Ovechkin had 528 shots in 2008, 2009. Absolutely crazy. People don't forget. Never forget. <sighs> He's never gone over 400. Yo, Max Evelichois scored another goal tonight, so maybe we shouldn't have. Wow. Maybe we shouldn't have gone against him. Wow. But um, Twitter time. If you ever want to reach us, as always, on Twitter at Daily Faceoff Podcast, or you can reach any one of us at DFO Podcast. At, at DFO Podcast. My bad. Yeah, got he runs the account. He doesn't even have yeah, struggle. Yeah. Uh, but if you ever want to reach out uh, to any of us individually, we got at 3D Berthume. We got at Brock underscore Segan or at Beads Bondi. Um, feel free. Anytime. We'll try to get back to you on the account. Normally take about a day, but we'll get to you. <laughs> um, but our first question tonight comes from uh, a new user here. Um, it's Doug. SMI 645691071. Potentially his phone number. So Sounds like a real account. Eight, six. Anyways, um, <laughs> Dougie asks, he's got a great pick, so I'll give him that. So okay. it's definitely real. Uh, okay. Or at least picked a, a great fake pick. Anyways, yeah. um, Those Russian bots are getting It's a very real needed. question either way. Exactly. Thanks, Doug. But he asks, Thanks, um, hey guys, I'm strong at center. He's got Malkin, Stamkos, Martin, and Um But weak at, weak at the wing. He says, what would you expect to ret- uh, in return for Malkin or center at center? Er, Malkin... <laughs> Or Stamkos, my apologies. <laughs> or would you move any of those? Not, or would you not move any of those at all? This is a keeper league. Thanks first time reading. My first time reading ever. <laughs> yes. I had a stroke on the mic last so week. You had a stroke on the mic yeah, this week. Basically, the hold on. Is, did you not say that he's got Marner? Yeah. So he has Malkin, Stamkos, and Marner. Why is he weak on the wing then? He's got Marner. Yeah. He's a winger. Yeah. Does he have R and H too? Yeah. He's also a winger. Does he have wing eligibility, though? He's not too sure. If, yeah. if he doesn't yet, he's going to. Yeah, he's going he to. So yeah, at least, at least wait on RNH. Um, yeah, I think you're fine. If you have Malkin and Stamkos, like, you're... Yeah, if, you're, I mean, if you have Malkin and Stamkos, you're deep at, win, or at center, yeah. well, also, and you shouldn't want to trade those guys because they're phenomenal. So has Goudreau. And he has Goudreau. But, like, Marner's going to... Okay, Marner so I, I think if I can speak to this, it seems more that just how thin the wing position is is what's going on here. Because obviously he has a really strong team, yep. uh, but he's probably a little deeper down the middle just because of the wealth of options at center. Obviously he did a good job in the draft because he's got a lot of prime oh, players absolutely. here. absolutely, yeah. This um, team's gross. I think but yeah, I'm sure he just doesn't have as many as quality wingers. But no, I wouldn't really look at making that switch because yeah, the... Uh, just move Martin to the yeah, wing. The, th- like, the wings are just so thin at this point. Um, yeah. I'll I, be the first to say that um, all of my fantasy teams are deeper at center than they are yeah, at wing. Yeah. Always. And oh, guys like Stamkos and Malkin are just so elite Studs. in their pro point production. If they're yeah. going to get you above the 80 points, where it'll make get, up for your lack of production on the wing. You can get a 60, 80 winger. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, hang on. Yeah, I would relax. That's a keeper league, too. Dude, keep pushing for higher entry fees, because if that's the case, <laughs> you're going to just clean them out consistently. Um, so, yeah. And we only saw four players. Yeah, but I like absolutely, it. Doug. Love your team, though. Um, hang on to those guys. Great pick, Doug. Next question comes from... At Mickelson's and uh, two part question, but we're gonna mostly focus on the second one. It's um, thoughts about borderline fantasy relevant Vegas Golden Knight players: Eric Halla, Colin <laughs> Miller, cap. and Riley Smith. Topic. Uh, tough start to the season, but is there reason to expect more? Eric Halla, that second line has looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I was just gonna say they can't find the back f- of the net. Now that we found out that Stassi's out for two months, Halla almost certainly will be the second-line center moving forward. Yeah. Him and Pacioretty have played very well together. Even without Stastny. That's what I mean. Yeah. Together, they've been great. They just can't score. Yeah. Um, and the same Stastny thing with injury, the first line, so I would say the same for Smith, too. The Stastny injury moves Howell to the middle. The other yeah. thing it does is it opens up that right side now for Alex Tuck. 
to come back when he comes back yeah. and i like this probably no sick in the meantime yeah, right uh yeah or to thomas heika yeah one yeah. of the two doesn't matter yeah. um great but one, one tom patch already um howla tuck could be a really dangerous second line i like howla's uh moving forward mm-hmm. i think that there's only a matter of time for that second line starts finding the back of the net yeah same thing like you said goes for riley smith that first line is still going to be great um, yeah it's amazing that all of a sudden William Carlson's shooting 0%. I didn't expect that kind of regression. Uh, but uh, that team, you know what, they've been, on the, they've been on the road a bunch. And they were a home team last year. Once they get oh, back at home, they're going to yeah, start wait. scoring more goals. Once they get the, the Vegas flu back working yeah. to their favor. You know what, like, obviously, they're not going to all be as great as they were last year's. But, I mean, I don't think William Carlson's going to shoot 0% this year. Yeah. No. But I really like Howell. I really do like Howell with Patrietti. I really like Tuck. Tuck's available. I was going to talk him about about him as one of my pickups. Yeah. One of the better stashes out there. Yes, right he's now, coming so. back like any time now, too. Yeah, I don't even know what his own percentage is out of this point. Oh, I've had him on my eye the whole time. But. Yo, Alex Tuck. I, I forgot to talk about him earlier, but I really like Solid. him. I really like Smith. I like... Smith's a guy that's not going to, like, blow up, but he is a guy that could legitimately score 30 yeah, goals and 25 assists again this year. Yeah. Like, I like Smith a lot. I like all. I like. I still yeah, think that Vegas is going to be. Yeah. I, I think I was crazy too. I think just let them get back home and, like we said, let who was the other guy you talked about? Miller. Uh, and Miller's going to be yeah. fine too. That top yeah, power play. See regression from him and Theodore. I mean, their back end just hasn't gotten the points. It's, it's no, they have no points. The team hasn't scored. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's, just, that's it's five games. I like all those guys. Exactly. I love Vegas. So Mickelson's. Yeah, I would. Thanks for asking the question two weeks in a row, bro. I love it. I'm on fire. They also said thank you for the answers last week about Riley. So it's not Mickelson's like I thought last year. No, we got it right. Michael's sons. Yeah. It's Mickelson. I like to think we killed it. But um, anyways, final question here. And uh, this comes from at ML underscore Vickland. They ask, um, hey guys, thoughts on Casey Middlestat? Lots of hype and pretty good line plus power play. But 13 minutes time on ice and absolutely no production. Uh, well, like we talked about it like a yeah. ton during the preseason. We don't really ever expect rookies to blow up i think it's like sometimes it does happen it's bonus yeah um, when the barzell happens it's when bonus. elias petterson's happening yeah. i mean middlestad is a guy Please, that yeah. he has so much upside that you probably picked him late mm-hmm. but it he's worth holding on to because the upside is there buffalo's playing pretty well he's playing with jeff skinner they just got put together yeah and Ocposo. yeah and like it's like the second best spot to be on that team just yeah. got moved to the top power play unit recently. I yeah. think that like it's just still early. I mean, there's he's still trying to figure it out. He's only played like ten career games in the NHL. It's going to take some time. Yeah. Not everybody just starts lighting it up ten games in an NHL career. Not everybody's yeah. Elias Pettersson. I the one thing I would say, I'm not sure what his eligibility is in Yahoo, but I think in standard uh, redraft leagues, I might be tempted to drop him for something that's a little more productive. In the meanwhile, um, strictly center on Yahoo. Yeah. So I think that makes it really tough. Yeah. Um, just because in terms of what you're waiting out for, it's like there's so many things, like there's so many minor steps his game could take in the season where it'd be taken as a positive step towards his regression where his game might end up. And I just don't think, I think it's very unlikely that it all happens this season. Uh, I think when you look at the guys like Barzell um, in recent years who have really done well and taken off as a rookie, they kind of went off without a hitch. So I, I would say... If it doesn't happen in the next five to ten games, I wouldn't be holding on to Middlestad and redraft leagues for much longer than that. Just because I don't think it's very likely that he kind of comes to form right now in this year. Uh, and what is going to happen, I don't think it'll be. Yeah, I'd rather have Derek Stepan at this point. Yeah, yeah. By the way, maybe Kasperi- not this one. I would say give it, like I said, give it maybe another five games. Yeah. And see what happens. Casper Captain just scored a second of the night, by the way. So yeah, he's gonna be picked up in. He's got four. The friendly ghost. 
But any other Twitter questions, or is that all we got? That's um, that's, that's all she wrote. The heat we got tonight. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed season four, episode eight of the DFO podcast. If you did, head over to iTunes, click subscribe if you haven't already. If click that. Click that five star button. Write something really nice about us. I tell you guys this every week, and nobody does it, so shame on you. But we'll see you guys back here same time shame next people. week. <laughs> really use the boost to our day. You know? Yeah, Jesus, come on, say something nice. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys back here same time, same place next Monday slash Tuesday when it's released. Remember, just chill. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.